Hello and welcome back to the Highview hey. Podcast, a gospel-centered conversation exploring life, no. the local church. Wait, what is theology, <laughs> culture, and life in the local church? It's been a while since I've said those words. It's been a while. Yeah, it's been a while. It's been uh, it's been a minute, but uh, glad to be back here in. We in put the, the show in quarantine. We sure did. I mean, we couldn't be for a while. We didn't want to be spreading germs through the airwaves. No. Nope. So. No. Nope. Um, but we are glad to be back on the show here uh, as we used to be with Pastor Chad Williams and Pastor Josh Hildebrand. How you guys doing? Fantastic. Couldn't be better, man. Glad to be back. That's good. Missed this. Me too. Me too. Um, yeah, it's been it's been a little bit a little bit, but we're glad to be back. We're going to be starting a new little series as we jump into this podcast. Uh, but before we get to the official business, um, let's just give some updates. How are we how are we doing? How's life changed since the last time we talked on the podcast? Uh, I mean, I think generally 2020's been pretty uneventful. Yeah, <laughs> for all of us, not a lot going on. Uh, in um, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, doing good. Everybody's well. Um, been uh, been busy. Church is gathering on Sundays, uh, even in its uh, socially distanced capacity. It's still good to be uh, gathering with uh, God's people and kind of back in that flow after uh after diving back in later this summer yeah and uh yeah so other than that just uh just 2020 yeah (laughs) yeah things are going well for us too uh kids are in school now a couple of our kids and so we're adjusting to that it's a little nice to have uh um, some time at home without three kiddos it's been uh the quarantine and all of that's been pretty uh, pretty intense having everyone locked up so mm. it's it's nice to to yeah. have a house without three kiddos in it you know right. um but yeah glad to be back at church and worshiping together and so yeah that's that's been a really what about cool you, Tyler? oh man how are you doing every just everything's just still rocking and rolling man as good as it's ever been in 2020 you know <laughs> Um, no, life's been good. Like you guys mentioned, glad to be back in, in church, uh, meeting together on Sundays, even if it is still, you know, slightly different. Um, glad to have people back and, um, yeah, just rocking and rolling with whatever this is we're doing now. I feel like we're just still kind of waiting to see what's, what's next. You know, what, what could possibly happen now? Right. Um, yeah. I mean, it's, it's kind of, it's kind of one of those, I feel like this, this entire process has been, you know, since March, since, uh, we even heard about COVID-19 uh it's been in, it's been kind of in phases for people and, yeah and uh and here we are was it September and we're you know we're getting to the fall now starting to cool mm-hmm. off and uh and so I think you're you know we're just in it we're entering another phase of this yeah. so we're all kind of walking through together and um yeah so it, it's 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 to your point it's it is kind of let's uh let's see what happens and and uh, hope for the best and so basically, just hang tight. We've only got three more months left of 2020. <laughs> um, I was listening to another podcast earlier, and they were talking about how insane this New Year's Eve is going to be. Everybody's going to be like celebrating and waiting to get out of this awful year, only to wake up and realize that maybe 2021 is. Who yeah. knows what to expect from yeah. a year now? You know, who knows COVID's like checking their oh, yeah. their Wait. calendar, and they're like, "Oh, we got to leave right at uh, you know in yeah. December of 2020." Yeah. yeah. So. Anyway, I think it gives us, you know, some perspective as, as Christians, too, to think, like, no matter what happens in the world, we still have to engage with it. We can't just expect mm. that, okay, now we've we've put a lot of pressure on 2020 as this terrible thing. 
well, now it's going to go away, so all the bad things are going to go away. No, we, we still have to yeah. interact with the world in a way that, that makes sense biblically. And, and so uh, that's why we started this podcast to begin with, is to talk about culture, to talk about uh, church life, to talk about theology and how all those things intermingle. Uh, so which brings us to, I think, uh, this new series we're going to be starting in the, on the podcast where we want to talk about uh, some of the difficult questions that we are either asked or that we ask as Christians, um, trying to navigate life in a broken world, uh, especially right now with uh, the brokenness yeah. being highlighted on just about every platform and plane that you can. Um, so we're going to be starting this series where we're going to dive into some apologetics, talk about some some difficult questions, how we navigate worldview issues. So um, let's start with just a pretty basic question. Um, what is apologetics? What When we say apologetics what are we what are we talking about yeah christian apologetics is the defense of the christian faith using um, things like uh, history uh, logic yeah uh, and, and of course like most importantly uh, biblical uh, yeah, fidelity and, and and clarity so uh, you have to have a grasp in order to uh, really get apologetics uh, and and be able to give a defense uh, of your faith, particularly mm-hmm. in, as you mentioned, like there's never been a time where it's more imperative yeah. that Christians be able to defend why they believe what they believe. Absolutely. Apologetics is attempting to help you answer the question, why do you believe what you believe? Yeah. So w- apologetics is not saying you're sorry. <laughs> Whenever someone's like, why do you believe all that Christian stuff? You know, like, just, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, man. that's not the kind of apologetics I'm we're sorry, talking no. about here. Yeah. No. So de- providing a defense for for the things that you believe. That's, yeah. yeah and, and I think specifically, you know, being able to use things that are that are actually on the side of Christianity, like like reason. Yeah. I mean, that's a that's another important. Mm-hmm. That's another important piece of this. Yeah. Uh, and so just grappling with um, why we believe what we believe and then being able to to, to articulate that. Like th- that's really the key. Yeah. Because um, I think a lot of Christians, you know, if you, if you press them on, like, why do you believe what you believe, Tyler? Um, y- you might get a, this kind of like, well, well uh, like, so apologetics is trying to help you articulate that to someone yeah. who doesn't share in your, your belief system. Yeah, I think that's the, the key that I would want to press home exactly what Chad said there. You know, especially in the Christian worldview and the Christian community, a lot of times you learn things growing up in church and you hear these statements and you've never taken the time to really sit down and say, why is this true? Yeah. How does this interact with, uh, you know, opposing views and culture? Mm-hmm. And, you know, I've, I've had that uh, hit me kind of square in the face many times when someone will ask me something that I'm so confident is true, but I've never really delved down deep and answered the question why. So I think it's equipping, you know, our young people and just even older Christians to have a basis for why they believe what they believe. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, one of the, uh, or probably the verse that comes to mind when we think about apologetics or providing a defense uh, is First Peter yeah. three fourteen and fifteen and sixteen, Absolutely. where he says, "But even if you should suffer for righteousness' sake, you will be blessed. Have no fear of them, mm-hmm. nor be troubled. But in your hearts honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason 
for the hope that is in you. Yet do it with gentleness and respect, having a good conscience, so that when you are slandered, or when you're questioned, uh, those who revile you, uh, sorry, those who revile your good behavior in Christ may be put to shame. So uh, Peter is encouraging these believers who are being questioned or who are being um, cast down for the things they claim to believe or, or the worldview that they live in, in light of. And he's saying, no, we need to be willing and able in the moment to make a defense, um, to provide reason for the hope that is in us. And, and I think the Bible is, is pretty honest with the fact that we hope in things we don't see. Right. We, right. we hope who hopes for things that they do see. Right. We we do have a sense of there's a gap between the things we believe are true and those realities that we will that we will one day fully know. But right now there's there's kind of this, you know, we see in a mirror dimly like mm-hmm. we do have some gaps there. But I like that, you know, Peter's not willing to say, well, we just we just kind of believe it because we're supposed to. Right. Like there are reasons. There are defenses. Yeah. There are. Um, there are reasons why we can say we believe these things. Yeah, and I love how Peter also tells us, as we believe these things, how we should conduct ourselves. Yeah. You yeah. know, I think Christians sometimes can be so harsh with what they believe. Yeah. They come across as jerks, you know, and um, and, and that's no way to, to, to win someone right. over with your beliefs. You know, do it with gentleness and respect. Yeah. So that when they revile you, they may be put to shame. You know, you don't see that on YouTube. No, you really don't. You know, <laughs> it, you see a lot of reviling, you know, <laughs> but no one's put to shame because they deserve to be reviled because right. they were right. jerks. You don't see, um, you don't see a, a, a YouTube yeah. video titled uh, "A Gracious, Kind, and Winsome <laughs> Response." Uh, you see, watch so and so blown to smithereens yeah. in a debate or yeah. burned massively in a. Every headline like, is like that. A, everything like, is mm-hmm. like watch so and so put so and so in their place. Yeah, and, and the whole like that's a really important point, and and I think that uh, Peter is making that point there, which is that we're not the goal is not to win an argument. Yeah, mm-hmm. the yeah. goal is to win a person, yeah. ultimately. Yeah, and then I think really just as important is it's to reaffirm your faith that you have. Mm-hmm. It's to give you a new confidence as mm-hmm. you share the hope that's in you. Yeah, it is to reestablish the hope that is in you. Uh, through this, so it's it's an important piece of the of the Christian life, and also, I mean, just in 2020, a lot of a lot of secular worldviews have been kind of thrown on our culture in in a host of different ways, in a host of different mediums. Yeah, and and I, I really don't have one in mind off the top of my head to to speak of, but but a lot of composing, a lot of opposing secular worldviews have been presented to our culture. And when a, another worldview, apart from the Christian worldview, is presented to you, what do you do with that? Mm-hmm. Like, how do you engage with it? Do you run from it? Do you uh, defend the Christian faith um, in response to it? Like, what do you do with that? And I think yeah. that as Christians, put, I'm going to put it bluntly, I don't think Christians are really well prepared to defend their faith when mm-hmm. it is confronted by a secular worldview. And that's... That's really what we're talking about. Yeah. And that, that's why we that's why we see this as so important. Yeah, I think for a Christian, um, you know, to defend their faith means they have to step outside of the vacuum, if you will, of Christian culture. And, you know, if you're in that vacuum of Christian culture where you've never had your faith, uh, you know, come against, then, um, you know, you don't see the need for apologetics. But we're mm-hmm. finding more and more it's really hard to stay in that vacuum. Yeah. especially living in America, you, you can't really stay in that vacuum and not 
be effective in fulfilling other Christian callings, which is to, to be a witness and a disciple. And so, you know, um, it would be wonderful if we didn't have to think in terms of apologetics. And, and I think one day we won't when we can all just rejoice in the truth. But yeah. but now we need to we need to be prepared, um, as Pastor Chad said, to win people, not to win arguments. Yeah, that's a great point. Um, I think the the issue of, of our hearts in this are very important. I also think, uh, just for me, and y'all correct me if this was not true about you guys, uh, but I almost felt a sense of like we we are meant to avoid the world or opposing worldviews, not truly engage with them. Um, yeah. we're, we're supposed to withdraw from the world because we are to be not of the world. Yeah. Uh, and I don't think that's what no. Christ has called us to do. We, we definitely need to be, uh, what, one of the things that sticks out to, to me from that first Peter three passage is that those people that are asking about the hope that's within the Christian, they've had to have seen it at some point. Yeah. They were in close enough proximity where some glimmer of the hope of the gospel shined through this person's life, shined through their right. choices, their habits, you know, and, and that person had to ask about it. Yeah. So that doesn't tell me that those people were all in some like commune away from the rest of the world up in, you know, some monastery, you know, away like th- they were engaging with the world and thus led to the questions. Right. Yeah. I think we have to make the distinction between the world being in us and us being in the world. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and if the, if the world's in you, yeah. then you're not going to be able to form any type of uh, re- um, relevant arguments towards your Christian faith. But yeah. if you're not in the world, then yeah. you might be as solid as you can be, but you don't have anybody to talk to. Right. You know, so um, I think the the dynamic needs to be, you know, as First Peter talks about, we're sojourners passing through the world. So we're there amongst them, but we realize we're separate from them as well. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think there's a, a really critical difference in like the idea of embracing the world and engaging the world. Mm-hmm. So I think that Christians kind of can retreat into this like monastic, like let's cut ourselves off from the world mentality is kind of a, yeah. uh, you know, a defense mechanism because there are, they haven't drawn the distinction in their own mind between embracing and engaging. Engaging is not embracing what the world values. Yeah. When we engage the world and we engage the culture, we're not, we're not embracing the culture per se. Mm-hmm. We're acknowledging it's there. We're, yeah. we're acknowledging it's influential and we're also acknowledging that there is a difference in how the culture and the church or the culture and the gospel present the world to us. We're acknowledging that difference. Yeah. And I think Christians to Josh's point, if you retreat, if you like kind of retreat into this monastic, cut yourself off from the world mentality, you're, you're going to be ill-equipped to have that moment of engagement. Yeah. And I think because Christians haven't been trained to engage, they haven't been trained in, in or, or thought deeply about apologetics from that perspective. I think that there, that there's a hesitancy there, and then uh, it, it just kind of becomes this like perpetuating, perpetuating cycle of retreating from the world, uh, kind of uh, cutting ourselves off, but we're strangely enticed by the world. And mm-hmm. so there's these like, mm-hmm. uh, so I think engaging the world versus embracing the world is something we have to wrestle with. Absolutely. Yeah. So as we talk about engaging with the world, um, and we've, I'm not sure we've used this term yet, but uh, a lot of times we throw around the, the topic or the, um, the vocabulary word, uh, a Christian worldview or a biblical worldview. 
Uh, so let's take a, a few minutes and just kind of talk through what are some things we mean when we say we want to live with a Christian worldview and, and what is it that we're defending there? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, when I think of a worldview, um, I usually get a picture in my mind and that's the, the best way for me to understand it. So a Christian worldview as opposed to a secular worldview, whenever I think of a worldview, I think of, this is just the picture I see in my mind, like a throne, okay? Mm-hmm. And, and I think of someone sitting on that throne and every every decision is kind of emanating from from that place. Yeah. Right? It's what shapes how I see things and, and decisions that are made. And, you know, uh, t- to me, there's either two people that kind of sit at that position of power. It's either the person, you know, yourself, mm-hmm. which is a, forms a secular worldview, yeah. or you've got you've got God there um, and, you know, what the Bible teaches, uh, who he is. Um, so for me, a Christian worldview means that our view of even who we are is not shaped. We're not sitting on that throne, right? Even yeah. our view of ourselves is shaped by God. Our view of how people interact with one another is shaped by God's character. Yeah. Um, and so a Christian worldview is, is shaped by who God has revealed himself to be in the scriptures, which then in turn tells us who we are. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a really good definition. I, I think it's just when I think about a worldview I think about the lens through which you look at the world like a worldview but the idea is mm-hmm. that like this is helping you see things as they are yeah and so what are the objective truths that you believe yeah. that are helping you view the world as it exists and so th- I, th- I mean I think that would be how it summarize it. it it is the lens through which someone perceives reality mm-hmm and depending on what that is that's kind of guiding that um, will determine how close to reality they are as they view it. Mm. Yeah, that's, that's good. I think that's uh, probably the, the clearest. Of course, I always love to, to find imagery that makes things clearer. And so thinking about a lens, I wear glasses. So to, in order to make sense of the world around me, um, unless you know, I just want to go bumping into things all day and uh, hurting myself like I need to wear my glasses because it helps me see the world rightly um, it doesn't mean that the things in the world have changed but my ability to perceive them correctly has been diminished if I don't wear the right lenses and so that's that's where the way I think it's helpful to approach conversations about apologetics is everyone's looking at the same world the the world isn't changing the world you know we everyone's looking at a world with coronavirus right now or with a, a, an election coming up everyone's looking at the same material uh, but everyone's trying to look at it through different lenses. Some of those lenses skew the perspective, um, and then we would say the Christian worldview uh, brings the sharper clarity to what's actually happening. Um, so I, I think it's helpful to remember. Yeah, that's really good. Like we're we're all dealing with the same problems. Just some people are, are not able to truly see yeah. uh, what's what's really happening and interact with it well. I, I think you pick up on a really important point there, which is it's actually very dangerous to have. Uh, a a Mm -hmm. wrong worldview yeah like tell someone uh have take the complete wrong prescription glasses oh yeah you know and and jump in your car and you're going to put yourself and everyone else in danger potentially yeah it's important i I think the thing of perspective is is really important it helps you understand an aspect of it Mm -hmm. the reason i like the the throne view is because that's what i see in my mind is because i think the the main thing that people mess up in their worldview is that they think the the center of the world is themselves yeah. oftentimes yeah, and, yeah. and how everything is shaped around mm-hmm. them even what they're how they're viewing things yeah. and i like to think you know when i think of worldview to 
I'm not in the equation as much, mm -hmm. right? There's sure. everything yeah. is shaped and molded kind of around who God is. Um, yeah, yeah. But I, I agree. If you uh, if if you mess up your worldview, then it's kind of like having a big long math equation. If you have the first part of the equation wrong, and then you get all the other steps right, your answer's wrong. Yeah. Right. It's the starting right. place. You yeah. know, you're, it's a tr think of trajectory. Mm -hmm. Right. You miss it just a little bit at the beginning and where it's supposed to land is way off. Yeah. You know, and so um, having the right worldview, the right starting place is essential. Mm -hmm. And that's God. Right. In the beginning, God. There's our worldview. Yeah. That's good. Um, I think what, what are some other reasons uh, just kind of as we wrap this first conversation up? What what are some other reasons why we need apologetics or we need to think through difficult things. We talked about um, giving a defense for our faith to maybe outside questions. Uh, what are some other benefits to thinking through these things, maybe for the Christian or for the lost person? What, what are some, some good things that come out of apologetics? Well, I've, I've never studied the basics of Christianity or the facts of Christianity, I should say, and not been encouraged yeah. in my own faith. Mm -hmm. So first and foremost, like it, it does have a, a serious effect on just your own well-being from a faith perspective. Yeah. So, so studying apologetics is really, really critical. It, it, it number one, helps you grasp the faith. And that, that's, that's critical uh, in the discussion. I also think it helps you in discipling. Yeah. Uh, I think that, and uh, we, we were talking about this before, uh, before recording this podcast a little bit, but, um, you know, as a dad... Uh, I feel the weight of responsibility when it comes to teaching my daughter how to defend and articulate the Christian faith. Yeah. Because there is coming a time where um, she will be confronted by a secular worldview in a way that is outside of my own influence. Mm -hmm. And when that time comes, she has to be able to to the first Peter to give a, a reason yeah. uh, for the hope that's in her, and so um, teaching someone how to do that um, not only reinforces their faith as you look at the objective truths of Christianity, but it also prepares them mm -hmm. for this kind of existential crisis that happens to, to a lot of people, particularly the eighteen to twenty-two year olds. Yeah confronted they're out of high school now i mean I, i'd be curious to hear your view on that just just as a, a former student pastor yeah there's this massive uh, uh exodus out of christianity by people in that are 18 to 22 yeah yeah and and parents kind of like are throwing like what what, what just happened mm -hmm. they've been in church their entire life yeah they get on a secular campus they are um forcefully indoctrinated with with other worldviews mm -hmm. that are that are antithetical to everything in scripture yeah uh and then we go what happened you know like mm -hmm. that's that and, and i think that apologetics and discipleship are the two things that we have to be doing for the next generation yeah i really believe that what, what's your thoughts on that i i think that it comes down to what what has been emphasized by the church toward young people is primarily morality and not really theology. Mm. Um, so they don't really know the faith that they're being asked to defend. And when they come up to bat to defend a moral structure, they're like, mm, 
I don't even yeah. want to do that. Yeah. And the world <laughs> you know has I mean? their That's own good. moral high ground now. Yeah. Which, you know, they, they present, right. you know, this, this, and this is, is more moral now. You yeah. know, a, a woman's right to choose mm-hmm. is moral, whereas, um, you know, um, right to life is, is considered, you know, immoral. So to right. that point, yeah. it allows someone who is at a critical age in life to, mm-hmm. to at least culturally be accepted, number one. Number two, take the moral high ground yeah. while um, embracing the lax morality in other areas. Yeah. So, you, oh, it, yeah. so, so yeah. It's, it's presented as all, uh, you, get all, you get everything. Mm-hmm. You get it all in one, yeah. one right. bite. And here's the, you know, um, the question that, that could be asked you know, from um, an apologetical kind of standpoint is, why do, why do Christians have the moral high ground? Mm-hmm. Why do we have that? And, and, you know, the answer to that is because morality comes from God. Right. right? right. And, but being able to answer the why of that is really important. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I don't know how many young people are being taught where the knowledge of good and evil comes from and why God has the moral high ground. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, I think that's a, it's an yeah. important topic. You should write a book on that. Yeah. I was about to say. It we sounds should. like a good book title, The yeah. Knowledge of Good and Evil. By, available by on Amazon. Joshua, jo- Joshua K. Hildebrand. No, Amazon.com. No intentions to plug that. I wasn't even going to mention it. it was just <laughs> this episode of the Hive Podcast is brought to you by <laughs> Knowledge of the Good and Evil. That's great. Um, no, that's true. That's a good yeah. Back to your other question, though, Tyler, the, the first one there of, uh, you know, um, why apologetics and what else does it kind of stir up? Um, for me, I think mm-hmm. um, anytime I've kind of delved into apologetics, um, the end result is not so I'll be smarter and can win arguments. Like mm-hmm. it, it deepens my ability to worship, right? Yeah. Worship, mm-hmm. worship yeah. comes from, from apologetics because um, the more we can see the truth and understand the truth, uh, I think the greater we can, um, the deeper we can go in worship, right? It's like looking at a, a beautiful diamond or something mm-hmm. from a different side and really seeing all the different facets of it. Um, you know, the more I study the character and nature of God and, and, and creation, the more I see God as true in all of those things, the, the more solid my worship is, you know? So, um, I think there's so many reasons for us to, uh, to be able to defend our faith. Um, you know, so yeah. looking forward to unpacking this in this series. So that uh, makes me think of Second Peter 1, verse 3. It says, His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of Him who has called us to His own glory and excellence, mm. by which He has granted to us His very precious and very great promises, so that through them you may become partakers in the divine nature, having Amen. escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desire. I think that's what you were getting at there, Josh, is yeah. really... For, for us to have the things that pertain to life and godliness and, and to be in the world but not of the world all hinges on our knowledge of him, yeah, our and, knowledge of God. And I think the, the key thing when we're encouraging Christians to be apologists, it's not for the sake of being an apologist. Yeah. A good apologist is somebody that knows God. So you want to be a good, good. You want to yeah. be a good apologist. Do what that verse yeah. is saying. Just study yeah. the, study the Bible. Know who mm. God is. And the benefit of that is not that you're going to win arguments. The benefit of that is you're going to know God. Yeah. Right. And then the byproduct of that is you'll be able to give a defense for your faith. Yeah. I, I think it's important to point out too that what we're talking about when we talk about apologetics and equipping people 
to with with sound apologetics and, and equipping people Christians with that. Um, we we are making a distinction between uh, apologetics and catechesis, like yeah, understanding right. your yeah. beliefs. So here here's my point. I think by and large. Um, there's a lot of Christian families that do a pretty good job mm. in some way, shape, or form kind of indoctrinating their children into, yeah. it, you know, yeah. it, with the Christian faith. Right. So so they kind of know some of the base of the God. Now, you know, we could debate kind of how well gen- different generations have done that and so on and so forth. But I think the focus is there. Um, like, I think the focus is on, I want, I, you know, I don't know a lot of really strong Christians or any strong mm. Christians who are like, I don't care if my kids believe in the gospel. Yeah. Like, nope, nobody does that. Yeah. Um, so, but, but I'm, but I'm not, what I'm, I'm not talking about how well your children understand the Westminster catechism. You know what I mean? Mm. Like that's, that's not, that's a wonderful, glorious thing to, to teach your kids the gospel. Um, and, and that's necessary and, and, and the most important thing we can do. But apologetics, what we're saying is that alone, um, without the ability to engage mm-hmm. um, that belief system, to engage the world with that belief system, and to defend that belief system, um, we're, we're really, we're, we're still, we're ill-equipped to, yeah. to, to interact with the world. And so, um, so what we're talking about is how we take that belief system we want uh, to to indoctrinate our children with, like literally, like how how we take that and defend it, mm-hmm. and apologetics is dealing with that aspect. Yeah. And I think that the majority of really strong Christian parents I know they 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 focus and and I get it rightly so in in, in every case here on how well our kids understand the gospel, but they're also going to need to be able to defend the gospel. That's what we're saying. Yeah, and I think that's such an important distinction because within apologetics. There's a separate skill set, and First Peter talked about that, the conduct in which we interact, mm-hmm. but, yeah. you know, of not being afraid of the world. Sometimes you can, you know, be really solid in your belief, but, you know, the very first time you're, uh, you know, come against a, a, an alternative belief, fear of man kind of takes over and you crumble, right? And um, so I, I think developing kind of a mentality in our hearts where we're not afraid of opposing opinions is really important yeah and they're gonna come and they're gonna happen absolutely well yeah we are so excited to continue this series as we jump into some of these difficult questions and how we can defend the faith and not only give that defense to perhaps skeptics or unbelievers who are asking us but also as pastor chad said to encourage our own hearts as we are seeking to follow the lord faithfully and also, just as a, as a way to wrap this up, I think we need to remember uh, we're still called to uh, share the gospel and to make disciples. And in a day that is increasingly more skeptical, uh, we almost can't do those things without being able to provide a defense. No doubt. So, um, well, we thank you for joining us here back on this episode of the Hobby Podcast. Again, we're glad to be back. We're hoping to be here regularly or more regularly than we have been. And uh, so go ahead, and if you are not subscribed to our podcast, what are you even doing with your life? Give us a nice rating and review. Some people don't subscribe? Sure. I don't know. I don't know. uh, We're about to find out if we get some more subscribers. So we hope that you will. uh, Share this with a friend. Um, Hopefully you can use this even as a way to perhaps start your own conversations with people in your life and encourage your own heart in the gospel. And with that being said, we will see you next time.
Peace.